Welcome back once again to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets for Wednesday, November 10th on the Mayo Media Network. Much, much smaller three-game slate to go over today after yesterday's Big Ten Gamer. My name is Cecil Peters. I will be taking you through it as I did yesterday. I'm recording this before the games from the night before, so again, I don't know if I did really good or really bad on the previous slate. Who knows? Hopefully good. Hopefully we keep that rolling forward into today's three-gamer with less bets. Moving on to the rest of the week, we're going to have Jake and DJ take you guys through as per usual. Jake will be on tomorrow. He is coming off the Brandon Hagel minimum price call on DraftKings there a couple nights ago. Hagel went off, had a ceiling game at $2,500. I think it was on DK. Big call by Jake, expecting more big things out of him. As always, you want to help out the show, you want to help out Mayo Media Network, please subscribe wherever you're listening or watching, to the, watching this. Rate, review, if you're on YouTube, leave a comment. It really helps the show out. It helps the network out. It helps us out. We will be active in the comments, replying to anything that you have as far as question goes. And with that, we will move on to the slate. A little bit extra time, so I will go more in-depth in each game as well as kind of touching on my overall betting strategy a little bit more. I am in this for the long haul. It's not a thing where I bet every couple days. This is now my primary source of income, so I've really focused on taking a long-term view with these bets. So when I'm looking at a bet, say it's a plus 130 underdog, I'm not solely looking on it that night, making sure the bet wins that night. It's more over the course of 10 games, 11 games, 12 games. If I see this plus 130 number, am I going to win that bet half the time? If I do, I'm up money on the bet. Same thing goes with any other number. The plus 200s, obviously, you don't have to win those as much. Every once in a while, we do find ourselves with a couple big underdogs that we think can win. They're not winning every night. A couple nights ago, I had Buffalo at plus 220. They lost. Not not too worried about it because I know overall I've hit Columbus at that number a couple times. I hit San Jose at that number a little bit. So overall, up money on that number. Long-term thinking, not worried about every single time I bet an underdog is it going to win that night. Obviously, when you're betting the favorites, a little more pressure to have those bets win. Not every time, but way more often. And every once in a while, we do see plus money on a team that I absolutely think is going to win the game. Those are the hammer bets. Those are the ones we really try to make money on. You get plus 120, plus 130 on a team that you think is vastly better than the opposition. Honestly, it happens once or twice a week, especially early on in the season. Those are the bets I'm really trying to focus on. Unfortunately, none of those standing out tonight, but there are a couple strong leans I have on the games. Other thing to focus on here has been the shot props. That's been the real moneymaker for me and for the subscribers over at my website this season. Generally, on a 9 or 10 game slate, I'll have 3 or 4 games that I bet on and then 10 or 11 shot props. Been hitting the shot props at about 75% rate this year. They're not usually plus money. Every once in a while, we do find a good one at plus money, which is awesome. They hit all the time. But generally, laying one, minus 120, minus 130 on these. But hitting them at a 75% rate, it's definitely been profitable. Playing, kind of taking a volume approach with those where I play 10, if I hit 7 or 8, even if I don't do well on the games that I bet for that night, I still generally make money or break even. And then every once in a while, the money line bets hit, the shot props hit all in one night, and then we have a massive night. Even have had a couple nights where we sweep all the bets, sweep the shot props. So it's been a great year so far. Looking forward to continuing that. Thanks again to Pat and the Mayo Media Network for letting me come on here a couple times a week, ramble on, go through the games, promote my site a little bit. I really appreciate it. So getting into the games here for today, the first game on the night, 
We have the Toronto Maple Leafs, minus 125, traveling to Philadelphia, playing the Flyers. Flyers are plus 105 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, I am recording this the day before, so whether or not this line stays the same or moves, I'm not too sure what it will be when you are seeing this. That's what we have now, so that's what I'm going to go off of. My first instinct here is absolutely to bet the Leafs. They've been shorter odds against better teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins over the past week, and they won both of those games. Problem is, they got spanked by LA in their last game, and now they're on the road facing the Flyers team that I think is quite good. Philadelphia led by their strong centerman, Sean Couturier. He centers Claude Giroux and Travis Connecting. That's been a great first line for them. They've really been buzzing. But the real strength of the Flyers' offense to me is just the depth. They have Derek Broussard with Joel Farabee and Cam Atkinson on the second line. Scott Lawton centering James Van Riemsdyk and Oscar Lindblom on the third. That's been a great third line. And that doesn't even mention Kevin Hayes, their second line center from last year. He's still injured. He's, he's only about a week away. He's going to be back in the lineup soon. I do expect big things from the Flyers this year. I think they have a really strong team. Their depth on defense is not bad either. Getting good goaltending thus far. But Toronto Maple Leafs are a different animal than a lot of the teams they've seen recently. They beat Washington a couple of nights ago. Now they're playing the Leafs. Yeah, they're coming off a big loss to the Kings. But they won five straight games before that. They lead the league in expected goals for, which is typically the most predictive metric out of all the advanced stats. Expected goals is the most predictive. Toronto's first in the league in that standpoint. They have been for a while. And you kind of started to see it coming. We, I've been betting on the Leafs a lot the last few games as they've been on this winning streak just because, you know what, the expected goals showed that the goals were coming and the goals have started to come. So they got robbed by Jonathan Quick a couple times in their last game. That doesn't have me worried. John Tavares is questionable for this game, but I do expect him to probably play. He did travel with the team, so that's a good sign. I mean, the offense should just keep rolling. What really comes down to for me is the number. Toronto Maple Leafs at minus 125. When they just beat the Lightning, and I think they were minus 140 in that game, they beat the Bruins, a similar number. So yeah, they're on the road, but Philadelphia's not quite as good as those teams, especially the, the defending cup champs, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So you see Toronto at minus 125, you bet it. On a DF, from a DFS standpoint, Toronto's going to be the mainstay in most of my lineups, which isn't anything unique. They're going to be the mainstay in most everybody's lineups, I'm sure, especially the power play. Their power play has really improved the last few games as well. The one thing I've noticed is they moved Austin Matthews from the left side to the right side. That puts him on his one-timer side, opens up options for them. They've been utilizing him there, but it also gives them the opportunity to go to Willie Nylander on the other side. John Tavares in the slot. Lots of options, lots of different ways their power play can score. So Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley, any and all those guys are in play for any of your DraftKings lineup tonight, especially with there only being three games on tap. But... The one bet out of all the games on this slate that I have already made is the Toronto Maple Leafs minus 125. I do not think that number is going to get better, so I would hit that as soon as you see it. It is Jack Campbell, the least starter in net against Carter Hart for the Flyers. Next game for the night, Nashville Predators plus 125 at Dallas, currently minus 145 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And I'll be honest, I don't enjoy betting either of these teams. I mean, Nashville is based on their record has been much better than I expected them to be coming into the year. And Dallas has been much worse than I thought they would be. The Stars in particular, they're one of the most frustrating teams for me to watch. They just seem really happy to play a defensive style of hockey, get one or two goals, lock down the neutral zone, don't let a lot of shots come through. It's just a slow, boring way to play. It can be effective, 
But for me, that's the type of play that you, that's the type of style you play when you have a maybe an expansion team or just a rebuilding team that's just trying to get some wins. The Dallas Stars have a ton of top end talent. They've got Tyler Sagan, Alex Radulov, Rupe Hintz, Joe Pavelski, Jason Robertson. They got a ton of scores. They got Miro Heiskin and John Klingberg on the back end. They could be a complete wagon and they refuse to play in a way that is uh, like in a good offensive environment. They refuse to do it. They could be winning 6-4 hockey games, but they'd rather win 2-1. to one. And I understand as a coach, sometimes it's just about winning the hockey games. But as someone who likes to bet on their, or who wants to like to bet on their games and wants to watch them play and wants them to succeed, it's frustrating to watch because they could be so exciting to watch. And every time I watch this team, it's horrible. If they get a lead, the game's awful. So the only way that this game could have a lot of offensive opportunity, I think, is if Nashville manages to score a goal or two early force Dallas to chase the game a little bit, and then it can get offensive. Other than that, should be a pretty boring game. Dallas has been a little bit better offensively since Jason Robertson came back. That did put him back on his regular line with Rupe Hintz and Joe Pavelski. Great line from last year. Problem beyond that is they just shuffle up the lines every game in between games. For example, they keep going back to the Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, Alex Radulov line. Well, now it looks like Radic Faxa is going to be playing between Ben and Radulov. Sagan's going to be on the third line. So they just keep mixing it up. Makes it impossible to play a lot of these guys in DFS. Makes it hard to bet their shot props when I don't know how many minutes these guys are playing. They're just a frustrating team to bet on. And then on the Nashville side, Nashville's also missing key sniper Philip Forsberg. They have a couple decent scoring lines, but nothing that really stands out. Carrying the offense so far has been Roman Yossi from the back end as expected. Matt Duchesne having a bit of a resurgence with Mikhail Granlund. He's taken a ton of shots, scoring a ton of goals. He's been a shot prop guy for us the last couple of weeks as well. The big advantage for Nashville here is just a net. UC Cyrus has been great all season long. I do expect that to continue. For that reason, I would lean towards betting the Predators just because they're plus money here. But it's not a bet that I've made yet, and it's probably not one that I will make. That's just kind of where I lean on the game. Again, thinking long term, if this was a bigger slate, there's no chance I would even consider betting this game. So just because it's three games doesn't mean I need to force a bet to get more action down on the slate. Easier to stay away, watch the game, see what I think of the teams, use that information for future betting purposes. Last game of the night, most lopsided line of the night for sure, Minnesota Wild minus 205. In Arizona, the Coyotes plus 165. I think the Coyotes should probably actually be closer to plus 200 here. Minnesota should win handily. They're playing really well, leading the league in expected goals for percentage. So that doesn't mean that they're the highest scoring team, but they're the combination of the expected goals for and the expected goals against is the best in the league. Arizona only has one win to their name this season. It was last game against the Seattle Kraken, so they will have a bit of momentum for that. It was at home. This is a home game. But Minnesota's just too good of a team. Seattle is an expansion team, so it's not like Phoenix beat a really solid opponent. Minnesota's getting some injury news, some good injury news. Manzucarello's now back. He pairs with Kapril Kaprizov. They've been a they've been a great duo for the last couple of years. Usually they have Joel Eriksson-Eck as their center. But with Zuccarella out with Zuccarello out with COVID the past couple of weeks, Minnesota had to jumble their lines a bit. So the last couple of games, Kevin Fiala, another good sniper for the wild. He ended up playing with Eric Sinek. He's going to stick with Eric Sinek for this game. we got Freddie Goudreau on the first line with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. So that's a nice kind of cheap option on DraftKings is just the Freddie Goudreau at center. Obviously, you're going to have to pay for Kaprizov. He's a legit superstar. But the real advantage when you're getting Kapril Kaprizov is he shoots the puck a ton and he pairs really well with Zuccarello. 
the center is not irrelevant. Joel Eksenak was great for that line, but Freddie Goudreau should be just as successful. That's not the key when it comes to getting offensive contributions from this line. It really runs through the playmaking of Zuccarello and then the finishing ability of Kapril Kaprizov. And then that second line, like I mentioned, Kevin Fiala. Guy loves to shoot the puck, takes a ton of shots. Him and Kaprizov have been cash registers and shot props lately. They go over two and a half shots every game. The odds are slowly getting worse. But if it keeps hitting, even at minus 143, minus 160, at those kind of odds, it's still a profitable bet because it just hits every single night. Okay? The odds are irrelevant if you win the bet. I mean, I realize that kind of goes against what I'm saying as far as a long-term approach. But when these guys are hitting every night, yeah, I won't, I won't lay minus 200 on Minnesota Wild to win a game. But if you give me the right shot prop, the right environment, and I think it's going to hit, and it's going to hit 90% of the time, I'll absolutely lay minus 200 on a couple shot props every now and then. I have done it before, usually for 1.5. So 2.5 is usually the line for these guys at minus 160, minus 140, minus 150. Still happy to bet that long term. That is, that is a profitable, profitable bet, and it has been all season long. You look on the Arizona side. Scott Wedgwood came in relief in their last game and ended up winning it for them. He was just picked up on waivers. The goaltending is a definite weakness for the Coyotes. I don't know who they're starting this game. It doesn't matter. Their goalies aren't great. They're intentionally tanking this year, so they don't really care how good their goalies are. And on the DraftKings side, there's just there's not a lot of players here that are contributing in a way that actually help your DraftKings lineups. You'd think Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Phil Kessel would be the guys. They haven't really been performing lately. Kessel does have one goal in the last few games. Really, the only people that have been contributing are Lawson Kraus, relatively cheap winger on DraftKings, and then the two offensive defensemen, Jacob Chitrin and Shane Gostabir. That's pretty much it for the Coyotes as far as DraftKings. You can't really look beyond that. Maybe try to find a mid-price punt somewhere if you have to. But the Phoenix Coyotes as a DraftKings team are just not relevant right now. Plus 165 is definitely not near long enough to even contemplate betting them. Tomorrow, once I look at the lines a little more and look a little more in-depth in the game, I will decide if I want to place a bet on the wild. It won't be at minus 200. If I have to, I'll bet them to win in regulation just to make the odds a little better, get it around minus 130 or so. But as per usual, I will have my finalized bets in the article on my website three or four hours before lock, as I do every day. Probably only going to have three or four shot props for this slate just because there's only three or there's only three games. So generally, kind of average out to one shot prop a game over the nine or ten game slates. Obviously, I have more. Tonight will be a bit of a light night. If you do want access to the sheets, just message me on Twitter at CSPeets. I will get you access to the website. I'll let you know how to sign up there, how to pay for it, all of that good stuff. Let me know that you heard about it on the show with on the Mail Media Network here, and I will give you the discounted rate. And for now, that's it. That's about it for today. We only got the three games. The one bet that I already have in is on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I will be looking for Matt Duchesne shot props, Kapril Kaprizov, Kevin Fiala, Austin Matthews maybe, depending on what his number is. Like I said, those will be finalized tomorrow in the betting article. Jake's going to take you through the slate tomorrow. Hopefully he's got another couple of great calls up his sleeve. And for the, after that, DJ will take you through the slate on Friday. We'll see what jersey he's wearing. Probably going to be supporting the Sabres. They're playing all right, lost to Washington. But I know DJ is going to be pumped up about the future of the Sabres after getting the Jack Eichel news kind of in the rearview mirror now. So good things may be coming forward for the Sabres. They are playing better this year. So expect to see Jake crushing it tomorrow. 
DJ crushing it on Friday. I'll be back next Tuesday. Thank you so much for watching, listening. I appreciate the support.